Salvation by faith, or as taught by so many today, salvation by faith only. James weighs in on this question. We're going to listen to what he has to say from his second chapter in this, the 45th edition of Sound Teaching. While it is evident that one must believe in order to be saved, to say that is all one has to do is to misunderstand God's Word. Our text in James chapter 2 points this out very clearly. From verse 14, which rhetorically asks, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? To verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James clearly teaches the need for obedience to God. There is a prevalent doctrine in our time commonly referred to as salvation by faith only. Its adherents quote passages such as Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 and John chapter 3 and verse 16, which very clearly teach that we are saved by faith, or more accurately, saved by grace accessed through faith. But they go further and say that they teach salvation by faith only. What these passages teach is that a man may not earn his salvation. No matter how many works of merit are offered, they will not gain for man eternal life. Salvation is a freely offered gift of God. That's what grace is. However, to assert that any New Testament passage teaches that a man is required only to believe to be saved and not to act on that faith is to read into the text something never intended by the Holy Spirit. It must be recognized that when the two words, faith and only, are used together, what is taught is the opposite of what these individuals would affirm. Notice James chapter 2 and verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. While James does teach us that works of obedience are necessary for our justification from alien sins, it must be recognized that the primary application here is to Christians. In effect, God expects us to illustrate our faith by what we do for Him as we live from day to day. The Bible is full of examples which elucidate this truth. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, for example, we have a list of some of the greatest characters in Bible history. The reason for the greatness of these individuals was their faith. In fact, over and over again, the word faith is used. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. And so on. And then the writer goes on to describe the circumstances which gave expression to their faith. I want you to note two examples especially because they're repeated in our text of James chapter 2. First Abraham in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Now observe the emphasis on faith. And then in verse 31, we are told, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Once again, the emphasis is on faith. But notice in both cases what kind of faith. It was an obedient faith. Now as we look at the examples of Abraham and Rahab from James' point of view, we see the close kinship found between faith and works. In chapter 2, in verses 21 through 25, James writes, 
Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Now, James' comment in verse 24 is one we must hasten to apply to our own daily walk. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. James understood that emphasizing our Lord's command to obey in no way nullifies his grace. And there is a very practical application to be made here. We all profess to be believers in God, but how can we prove to others, and most importantly, to God, that we are indeed faithful? Well, it's only by what we do. It is by our works of obedience, by our faithful attendance to services, our careful preparation for classes and study, our diligent prayers and ministrations on behalf of others, our continued proclamation of the precious gospel to a lost world, our exhortation and admonition of our brothers and sisters, our moral lives, our intense devotion and worship of the Almighty. Only then, will our words carry the weight to convince others and God of our fidelity to him? As James states in verses 18 through 20, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Do you have faith in Christ? Well, then prove it by how you live your life. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation, or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.